you, Jesus. Isn't that song powerful? Man, you know, I didn't share this earlier. The reason that I put that one on this morning, if you were here at the beginning of the service, I shared just kind of about dealing with disappointment and coming to the Lord and saying, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Uh, One of the reasons that I put that song on and one of the reasons I believe that it's so, so powerful is that uh, the guy from Jesus Culture wrote that song right after his wife delivered their stillborn baby. And I don't even know how you write a song like that when you deal with that kind of loss, but there's something so powerful about that song, I believe, because he wrote that just right after that, right after his baby was born, stillborn, saying, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. You're the one who brings the dead to life. And there's power released when we choose faith. It's just amazing. So uh, this morning... I'm so excited to be in here with you guys and share. Uh, I want to cast a little bit of vision uh, today, and I want to call you to action. And I believe that the Lord uh, wants to release breakthrough in us. And uh, so prepare your heart. I'm going to pray and just invite the Lord. Father, we love you and we we thank you. Father, we just open our hearts to your word. Father, let uh, my words be your words. And uh, Lord, we invite you just just move among us and release heaven in this house this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so uh, I want to start by sharing... Um, uh, just like a, a vision that the Lord gave me. If you're not, if you're not familiar, the Lord is alive and He's speaking to His people all the time. So God is still talking to His people. He talks to us through His Word. He talks to us in our hearts. Sometimes He He gives you a picture or a dream or like if you get a series of pictures, it's like a vision. And so this is something that the Lord actually gave me. Oh gosh, has it been like ten years ago, John? Uh, we had some guests here, and, and the Lord gave me this vision, and it was like, wow, that was really cool. And, you know, every, every time I feel like I'm like, Lord, I just, sh- show me vision for the church. He gives me the same thing. So I think there's something to it, all right? So I'm going to share it with you guys, and uh, we're going to go after this thing, okay? So I, I had this vision, and it was like, uh, John and I, it, so think like a, a military camp, you know, kind of in the middle of a valley. All right. And that's us. Okay. And John and I were standing kind of up on this hill and, uh, all the troops were down there. Uh, and, and there was a big blazing fire right in the front and all the troops came in and they formed lines right in front of this fire. And that was cool. And we were kind of giving some instruction or whatever. And then all of, all of the people formed into circles, small circles, lots of circles. And when they got into their circle, there was a fire in the middle of the circle. And then these same people, all of our troops, they, they, they left and they went into tents. And in their tents, it was like dark-ish night and from where I was standing on this hill, I could see the light of the fire on the tents. What? In the tents, right. So like there was fire in the tent. So if you're looking from the outside, you can see the flicker on it, you know? Uh, and, and so 
that was cool. And then I, I, I was just like, I, I guess this is cool that God's showing me something. Don't know what it means. And then, then I saw these other people who were just really weary. Like they just come from battle. They're looking bad, you know, like think of whatever war movie you like. Those guys that look real bad. That's, that's the, those ones. And they're like just coming in. They're all dirty. And, uh, and, and our troops would go into this darkness. They would, they would pull these guys out of the darkness and bring them into their circles and bring them into their tents next to the fire and get them cleaned up. And then those people would come and then they would be in the lines and then there would be circles and then they'd go to their tents. And then there'd be more people pulled into their tents and their circles out of the darkness and then they'd all come in and they were a part of the lines and then there were circles and then there were tents. Okay, you got the idea? Circles, lines, and tents here. All right. And, and so I was like, whoa. And, and it was like one of those things that you think, did I make that up? But I, I've just like had too many weird confirmations to say that's not pizza. It's God. It's God really saying that to me. And, uh, and so I began to just dig in like, Lord, what does this mean? And I believe that, that the Lord is saying, this is who you are. So the lines would be like our Sunday morning gatherings. You see, you're all sitting in lines, okay? And a circle would be like a small group, even like our Wednesday nights, a four-by-four. Any of the the times when you're getting together with people, I know some of you meet together and and challenge each other, LTG style, whatever, uh, that that would be a circle. And then the tent would be your home, and I believe that the key element to this vision of what the Lord is saying is, is like, that's probably pretty standard church model. You have your Sunday morning, you have small groups, and people live in homes. Um, but I believe what, what really was the key part of this was the fire. And if you think about fire, if you're not familiar with God's word... Uh, anytime God showed up in like his manifest presence in the Old Testament... There was fire. So think about the burning bush that Moses talked to, the pillar of fire that led the Israelites. Elijah called down fire and it burned up the sacrifice. In Acts 2, there were tongues of fire over all of the believers who were baptized in the Holy Spirit. So so fire catches my attention. And I believe that's the key part of who we're called to be. Because if fire represents God's presence, now here's where it gets a little hairy. I I, want to explain this right. If you're a believer in Jesus, God lives in you. So you carry God's presence. Does everybody agree with that? Okay. So we're all carriers of his presence. What I'm thinking though is, is this fire is more than just that. It is about that, but it's also like that manifest presence of God where you say God is so holy and so important that I am honoring him in everything that I'm doing. And so when we are gathering in lines, we want to see that fire in the midst of us where we are worshiping and God is here with us. When we go into our small groups, we want to see that the fire of God is burning brightly in the middle of our conversation, in the middle of our fellowship. And when we go into our homes, see, here's where it gets rough. The fire of God should be burning in your tent all the time. That has to happen. That has to happen for us to be, to be people of God, to live in wholeness. The fire has to be there. Because here's the thing. 
There are some, some churches, and I'm not going to say nothing about anybody in here. I'm not talking about any of you. If you get convicted, that's Holy Spirit, not me. There's some people who come to a service and the fire's there. You know what I mean? You're like, oh yeah, and we worship and we are excited about the fire in the church building. But when you go into your small circles, you don't, people, I'm not saying you, I've seen where people will come to a church service and then they'll go hang out and like they talk so ugly about everyone else. They don't, they don't have any fear of the Lord in their conversation. It's not a time of encouragement. I'm not talking about like there's sometimes when, listen, if you've been at the ladies meeting, there's sometimes when I've had to say like, guys, I am on the struggle bus and I can't get off. Okay. It's not talking about like, sometimes you need to share, like I'm having a hard time with this. Okay. I am struggling. I, I need you to pray for me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about backbiting and the way you use your language and what you're about when you're not in the house of God, because you are the house of God. So the fire should matter in your small groups. And, and sometimes it's easy even to go to a church service and worship Jesus. And it's easy when you're around other Christians to keep your junk together and be, you know, talking about Jesus. But when you get into your home, is your home a place where the presence of God is welcome? If you're a believer, he's there with you anyway. But if you're thinking about a fire burning in your home, is the presence of God welcome in your home? It has to be. And I believe that is a strategy for our church. I believe that what God is saying is this is who you are. You will succeed when you have the fire burning in your lines, circles, and tents. And we've got to get there. I mean, and I'm not talking about perfection, okay? I'm not talking about like, I am the best mom ever, and I've never yelled at my kids, and I don't have to spank them because they're perfect, and that's what the fire looks like in my house. Like, if anybody's like that, could you please come see me? Because I could take some pointers. What I'm talking about is my heart is turned towards the Lord, and I am being changed by him day by day by day. So I am a better mommy in my home. I am a better wife in my home today than I was a year ago because Jesus is continuing to work on me because the fire of God is welcome to come into my home. And my home is a place of peace My home is a place of rest. My home is a place where God's presence dwells. Even though there's toddlers there, and some people would say it's chaotic, there is a peace of God there. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about having all your stuff together. I'm talking about having a heart that's turned towards Jesus and is changing and growing. And that's why you're going to see us doing things like a family empowerment night because that's all about the tent. We want to be intentional to say anything that we're doing is going to be to empower your tent or your circle. And so four by fours are circles. You know, we got to have some of those circles. Your tent has to have a fire in it. And you know, the one thing about this, this vision is that all of the worn out soldiers that were coming from the darkness joined the circles and the tents before they joined the lines. And can I just tell you that the, the days are gone of people just coming into a church building on Sunday morning because they should be here and they need Jesus. We're going to touch people by our lives. 
We're going to touch people by inviting them into our home for dinner. We're going to touch people by having, inviting them into our four by four and showing them what relationship looks like. And people need that. Your home, you, your home needs healthy conflict. Did you know conflict can be healthy? It can. Yeah. Okay, so, so peace doesn't mean that you have lack of conflict in your home, that there's not disagreements, that there's not arguments. It's that you learn how to do it in a healthy way, where you deal with things head on, where you, you are quick to apologize, where you are quick to repent to people. You know, that's one thing I so appreciate John's family. John grew up as a pastor's kid, and he talked about how his dad and mom were always so quick to apologize to him if they messed up. And sometimes for people in ministry, uh, they get in their heads that they're perfect, and they don't really need to answer to their kids. And so you better believe that when I lose my temper on my kids because I've just had a long day, you better believe that in about an hour, I'm back in Evan's bedroom on my knees saying, I am so sorry, that was wrong. That is not the way God wants mommy to respond to you. Will you please forgive me? That's what fire looks like in your home. It doesn't look like perfection. It looks like when you mess up, you're quick to make it right. With your children, with your spouse, with whoever the issue is with, be quick to make things right. So in order for this culture of fire of God's manifest presence being with us wherever we go, we, to be cultivated in our circles, in our tents, in our lines, we must cultivate that in our own hearts. We have to. That, that's the secret here, is that you are cultivating the things of God in your own heart, in your own time. So how do we do it? How do I see my home become a place of peace, a place where the fire dwells and is honored and put first? How do we do that? And I want to I share with you from Colossians 3. <clears throat> this chapter just gets you every time. Are you ready? All right, I'm going to read it to you. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of all anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uh, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. 
Since God chose you to be his holy people, he loves, he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. If you keep reading that, it's amazing. It goes right into what wives and husbands should do. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wife like Christ loves the church. Parents, or uh, children, obey your parents. Fathers, don't provoke your children. It's all the ten right there, right after that. So let's break this down. In Colossians 3, if we're going to say, how am I going to be this person that you're talking about? How do I cultivate a culture of fire in my life, in my home, uh, where I'm taking that wherever I want? So we're going to break this down. You set your sights on heaven. You think about heavenly things. You put to death all the earthly stuff that's lurking around in your heart. You get to know Jesus and you let him change you. You forgive people you love deeply and you be thankful. Like that's the breakdown of Colossians 3. Then you just repeat that. It's not like a one-time deal, like you live that way. We set our sights on heaven. Have you ever noticed how when you set your sights on all these things that are irritating you, it doesn't go well in your heart? Anybody else notice that? Uh, so, So when you get to that place, reset your focus. Put your eyes on Jesus. Set your sights on heaven. What, what does heaven say about this situation? What does heaven say about me? What does heaven say about my crazy kids right now? What does heaven say about that guy at work who's driving you crazy? What is heaven saying? Set your sights on heaven. Because I can guarantee you that heaven is usually saying something different than me when I'm in an irritated state. So set your sights on heaven. Put to death the earthly stuff that's lurking in you. Get rid of it. Put it to death. Get to know Jesus and let him change you. I love that scripture that says, and be renewed as you get to know your creator. Because that's a picture of what it means to follow Jesus. What it means to be in relationship with him is is to follow him and he continues to renew us as we get to know him. If you're a believer in Jesus, you should be getting to know God more and more all the time. We're just going to keep going right there for a second. Okay. If you're a believer in Jesus, let me, let me focus on this scripture for a second. Being renewed as we get to know our creator. Being a Christian, being saved, is more than just believing that Jesus came and died on the cross. I mean, can I give you the good news? Jesus is God's son. And God loved the world so much that he 
sent his son, Jesus, from heaven to the earth to be in an earthly body who grew up and showed us what the kingdom of God was like through miracles. And then he died a horrific death on a cross only because God wanted us to be in relationship with him. And that was the only way. Somebody had to die. That's why in the Old Testament they, they, crucified, they, they sacrificed animals because there had to be blood. So his perfect plan for me to be able to cross to where I could be in relationship with Jesus, uh, God because God can't be close to sin was to send Jesus. And so, you know, when we come to, to know Jesus, when we say we're getting saved, we're going to become Christians, we say we believe that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for me. And that is a very, very, very important thing that you should do. But there is another piece to that. There is a piece that says, I'm not just believing that Jesus died on the cross for me, but I'm going to get to know him and let him change me. If you are a Christian, you should be growing. You should be changing. Even if it's little by little by little, if you are in relationship with God and pressing into him and deciding that you are making him the Lord of your life, not just saying Jesus is Lord, but you're saying when you give your life to Jesus, I will let you be in charge now. In other words, my life is not my own. So I should be changing. I should be growing. I should be being renewed as I get to know God. That's what salvation looks like. So I'm just going to take a second here and be be bold. Is there anybody in the house who's never really given your heart to Jesus? You've never, like you, you say, oh, I believe in Jesus, but you're not like in that kind of relationship where you're growing and changing and getting to know him and really believing that he's real and working for you. Is there anybody in the house that would say, I want to give my heart to Jesus today? Come on up. Be bold. Be brave. Everybody here loves this. Okay? Anybody else? Anybody else? You think maybe like you were saved, but like you're like, whoa, Ashley, you're explaining that in a crazy way to me. I've never experienced God like that. Anybody else? All right. Let's pray with these guys. All right. This is the best day ever. In fact, it says heaven throws a party. And you know, being a Christian is exactly what I just said. It's growing. It's changing. It's letting him be in charge of your life. I don't know how you guys feel, but I do a really bad job when I'm in charge. (laughs) But when God's in charge, wow. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean everything gets better, but it means that we get to be changed little by little by little. So I want to lead you guys in a prayer. Does anybody else want to come up here with them? Cheer them on? We're just gonna, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. You guys can uh, repeat after me. We're just going to say that we believe that Jesus died on the cross for me to forgive my sins, and I welcome that in. And I believe I'm declaring that Jesus is the Lord of my life. And so I'm going to pray. You guys repeat after me. Father, Father I, give you my heart. I give you my heart. I believe that you sent your son Jesus, I believe you sent your son Jesus. so that I could be free. So that, I could be free. that he paid with his life, with his life. On, the cross on the cross for my sins. For my sins. So, I welcome your forgiveness. so I welcome your forgiveness. And then I choose to turn my life to you. Yeah, I 
I make you the Lord of my life. I will let you be in charge. I invite you to change me and do a new work in me. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. says that you are a new creation in Christ, that the old has gone and the new has come. So you embrace that newness. All right. Okay. Now church, it's our job to help these ones learn and grow and figure out what following Jesus looks like. You guys don't have to do it by yourself. You just inherited a whole family. Here we are. Okay, you may sit down. I'm proud of you. Thank you for being brave. I know that takes a lot of guts to stand up in the middle of a sermon and respond, but praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for His goodness. Woo! As J.D. Crawford says. What is it he used to say, Dorothy? That makes me want to go on a Pentecostal runaway. Okay, so now the four of you really listen to this scripture again. Because this is talking about you. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sight on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. And, and it continues to talk about, I was looking for the one, uh, you, you've stripped off your old sinful nature and you now have the nature of God that you get to walk in. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. See, what just happened is a fire was lit in you, that fire that we're talking about. And now what you get to do is you get to cultivate that. You get to fan it into flame. You get to do things in your life that helps that. So Colossians 3, we set our sights on heaven. We put to death the earthly stuff that's lurking in us. We get to know Jesus and we let him change us. We forgive people. Oh my goodness, I won't stop. You know how I feel about this. Forgive people. Forgive people, forgive people. If you want to squelch the flame faster than anything, be bitter. Forgive people. Freely forgive people. It says, Christ forgave you, so you get to forgive others. The four of these ladies who just experienced Christ's forgiveness in a very real way, probably for the first time in your life, you now get to give it away. Freely, because he gave it to you for free. Love deeply. Let love grow in your heart. Learn to love other people deeply and be thankful. Thankfulness is a huge key in your walk with Jesus. I won't get on that either. You should come to the ladies' meetings if you want to hear about that. Be thankful and then repeat. So we don't have to be perfect. We're still going to mess up. 
because we're human, we're flesh, we're a work in progress, but we're growing. We're growing. And we're changing. We should be growing. We should be changing. We should be renewed. So this process in Colossians 3, it sounds pretty easy, right? I just break it down. You're like, oh, yeah, no problem. But it is simple, but it's not always easy. And that's what I love about God's kingdom. His stuff is always simple. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's easy to understand and, and, and get. So, so putting things to death that feel good doesn't always feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so it can be kind of a, a hard response to walk this thing out because it, it sounds good on paper. It looks good. It sounds good in a sermon. But then when you get to the nitty gritty of going like, man, that thing has to die in my life like that. I kind of like that. Uh, and God's like, I don't like that. So you should maybe reconsider. Um, okay. I want to end with this. I believe that so many of you are on the verge of breakthrough. I believe that, um, us corporately, that we're just on the verge of breakthrough. Doesn't that sound amazing? It does, but let's be honest that the season right before breakthrough is draining and stretching and just plain hard. I mean, I'm serious. We can laugh about that, but goodness gracious, we're facing some stuff. But I believe that there is a time coming if we will have steadfast hearts that follow Jesus, that the breakthrough is ours. The breakthrough is ours. So what do we do in this hard season before that? We remember who we are. We remember who God is. And that will transform everything. It's the same thing. We, we look at Colossians 3. We remember who we are. We're, we, we're called to have this fire burning anywhere we go, whether we're gathering here, whether we're gathering in homes, whether we're in our own home with, with our children or our spouse. We're called to be people who are holy and living for Jesus. When we fix our eyes on the Lord and we remember our identity, the enemy loses his power in our minds. And when we remember who God is, and we refuse to move him from that place, no matter what we see or experience, it releases power in us to keep going. And I want to share just like a personal experience of this. And I feel like out of this personal experience, the Lord told me on Friday, you just have the anointing to release that to people. I experienced a breakthrough recently and I needed it. Boy, Jesus, I needed it. All right. I've been in this season Where do you ever, have you ever watched somebody try to put a a baby to sleep and the baby doesn't want to go to sleep, you know, and you kind of like get the sleeper hold on them, you know, oh, I'm going to win this thing. And they're like wrestling you. That is where I've been with the Lord. I mean, I don't know any other way to explain it. I, I, I think I've told John a couple of people, I feel like I'm being wrestled by God. And if I just knew what he wanted, I would like let it go already. But I, I, I've just felt that, just like wallering around and just throwing pity parties and serving snacks at them and everything for myself. And I just, whoo, it was a season. And I'm not quite out of it yet, but let me tell you what happened. I was praying to the Lord. It was when John was in Honduras. I think I prayed a lot more that week because I was single mom to three kids. And I was praying to the Lord, and I was just like, God, you know, I, I just need something from you. I, I need a word. I mean, 
I need somebody to call and say, Ashley, I have a word from the Lord for you. You know, that would be so easy. I love when it's other people's responsibility to strengthen me and not my own, but that's not what God had in mind. Because he's given me and he's given you the tools to strengthen yourself in the Lord. And I just started thinking... I mean, there, I just got to this day where I was just really discouraged. I mean, I was just like, God, I mean, what are you, are you ever going to move again? Are you going to do what I have in my heart? Am I ever going to do anything? Am I, you know, when you, have you been there? And you're just so discouraged because I'm like looking around going, this is not what I pictured when you called me. This is not, I just don't know. And, um, I just had this crazy idea come to my heart that must've been God. And I was ordained uh, last fall uh, as a pastor in the Foursquare Church. And one of the pastors was so sweet, and he recorded this prayer time for me and, and, me- and sent it to me on a text. And I thought, I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to listen to that because that was just last fall. And if I remember correctly, all those things that people prayed over me, I was like, yeah, I think that's really who God is saying that I am. Uh, so I'm going to listen to that. And then, then I pulled up these other, uh, this other recording that I had from when we went to, to visit John's dad and we went to their supernatural school of ministry and his, he made his class like prophesy over us. And if you don't know what prophesy means, it just means hearing what God's saying about somebody and sharing it. Uh, and so they were, they were telling us what God said about us. And then you get to say, is that true? Is that not? And they, they seem true. So I laid in bed listening to those words because I didn't know anything else to do. I mean, I was just like, I'm just so done. And I listened to those words and there was like, it wasn't like amazing or anything. It was just like, Oh, that's good. And, uh, I still didn't feel anything. But just before I went to bed, I just felt like the Lord said, believe it's true. And so just even as I was falling asleep, I said, Lord, I believe that's who I am. I believe that this is what you're saying about me, that yes, you have me in this season because you're preparing me for what this is. I believe those were words from you. I believe that's my identity in you. And I'm just going to trust that even though I don't feel like it. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to take you at your word. And I went to sleep. And the next day I woke up and I was different because there's something that happens when we remember who we are, when we remember who God says we are. And when we'll take hold of that, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't see it, has anything in my life changed? No, none of the things I was grumbling about have really changed. But my perspective changed because I thought, no, God, this is who you said that I am. This is who you've said Living Way Church is, and I am going to go after that until I see it. And there was something that shifted in my heart. There was a breakthrough that happened for me where I, I suddenly, the clouds were lifted and I was able to see God moving. And I hadn't been able to see him, even though he'd been moving all along. There was something about lining my mind up with the mind of Christ and saying, I believe what you say about me. I believe what heaven says about me, not what I'm seeing right now. And I'm going to rest in that. And it was powerful. It wasn't, you know, I, I have a lot of encounters with God and it wasn't like one of those things that I'd be like, God showed up and I felt him and it was like, and angels filled my room and I was taken up in glory. I mean, it wasn't like anything miraculous 
It looks like me laying on the bed going, those are good words. Still don't see it. Oh, but I'm going to believe it's true. I believe, I believe that's true. I mean, I just said it out loud in my bed. I believe this is true. I'm going to take this. This is who I am. And I woke up different because I'd applied the word of God. And you know, when we're in this season right before the breakthrough, the enemy's going to show up and he's going to try to assault us. Our identity, our faith, who we are. I'm telling you, that happened to me this week. I was so off guard. I walked into a hospital room to pray for somebody. I was like, this is going to be awesome, awesome. I walk in the room and I looked at this person and I was like, I've seen this before. And the enemy like assaulted me. I have no other word except for I just felt like I was like, like just taken by him. As I stared at this person who looked just like my mother-in-law that we lost to cancer. And I was like, whoa, buddy. I mean, I could just be like, good to see you guys. We love you. Peace out. Uh, you know, that's kind of what my flesh wanted to do because I was like, hi, huh, huh. If you're not familiar, John's mother passed away from cancer and it was a long, hard battle. And we were so privileged to spend the last three weeks of her life with her, but it was rough. And so have you ever just stepped into a situation and you're like, hi, I'm here again. And it was like the enemy just threw it all in my face. And again, in my mind, I stood there for a second and I said, oh no. Oh no. You, the Lord has promised that I will see somebody healed from cancer. And I just thought, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm going for this. I will pray in faith. I am, not, I am not backing down because this looks familiar, because this seems familiar, because I've been here before. Now, you know what? It still wasn't the one. But there was a victory that happened in my heart because it was the first time that I've been able to say, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. We have to know who we are. We have to know who we are in these trying times when our faith is being tested like nothing else, when we're in the fire and when we're going through trials, when we're hitting a wall and nothing is happening. We have to know who we are. We have to still make the fire the most important thing in our life. We cannot let our circumstances change the fire of God burning in our homes, burning in our hearts, burning in our services, burning in our circles. That has to keep going. It has to keep going. And when we choose faith, when we choose our identity over all those things that we feel and over all those things that we see and we declare the truth, there's a breakthrough that happens. Because, you know, when I was laying in my bed, I did not feel any different. But I chose to speak it. Lord, this is the truth. This is what you say about me. And then you know what? My feelings followed. Your feelings will follow the declarations that you make. Don't wait for your body to feel like this is the right thing. Or you will be deceived every single time. So I just feel like, I, I, I mean, I just feel like we're just right on the edge. Ronnie, I know you gave a beautiful word to somebody in the Honduras team I heard about. Just like that we're in a bubble and we're like pressing up against the side of it. And really soon it's going to pop. 
And we're going to get that breakthrough that we've been waiting for. Can you have a steadfast heart? Can you choose to believe God at his word, even when it's hard? Even when it looks like he's not moving? Even when you don't feel like it? Can you choose to stand on his truth and have a steadfast heart that says, I will, I will take you at your word? We have to be people that do that. We have to be. I want to see the miracles released. I want to see the signs and wonders. But I want to kindle that fire. I want to be, I want to be taking care of my heart and welcoming the presence of God everywhere I go. I don't want to stand in here and be a great preacher and go home and not have a fire in my tent. I can't do that. You can't do that. God's not into fake fires. He just likes the real thing. And so this morning, I want us just... I, I just feel like I'm going to just release several different things. I'm so excited about the people who gave their hearts to Jesus. I can't get over it. God is so cool. Only he can orchestrate stuff like that. That had nothing to do with me. That is so cool. I just love God. Okay, we're going to release, uh, release breakthrough. If you feel like... Like you are that person and you're needing that breakthrough, I want you to stand up. You, you just want breakthrough. I feel like the Lord just said, you have the grace to impart this thing. So I'm going to just do it. I'm going to believe that he, what he's saying is true and be obedient. What do you know? All right, what I want you to do is I want you to put your hand over your heart. Actually, can you come up front? Come up front. I want my hands on you too. In the Bible, it says that uh, the disciples and Jesus, when he was doing ministry, he laid his hands on people. So we're going to follow that method today. It doesn't have to be fancy or long, but I just believe God wants to do something in you. And you know what? It has nothing to do with me just doing whatever. I'm going to be obedient. I feel like there's an anointing to release the breakthrough. But for some of you, you need to revisit what God has said about you. What has heaven said? What was the last thing God told you? Have you never heard God? He wants to show you his voice. Okay? So I'm just going to trust that I'm going to do my part and just release it like he told me to, and I'm going to trust that he's going to do his part and show you what you need. And you just receive it. Even if you say, wow, Ashley touched me. That was great. I didn't feel anything. Don't trust your feelings. Don't trust your feelings. Trust the truth to say... God said he was releasing breakthrough, so I'm going to believe that that's true. Yes. Take hold of it. All right? So, Lord, we just thank you for releasing breakthrough right now, Father. I just impart this into every heart here, Father, that you would awaken spirits to your voice, to what you're saying, uh, who you, you're calling them to be, Father, who you've said they are, Father. May they awaken to the voice of heaven and hear, what does heaven say about you? What does heaven say about you? Father, we thank you for breakthrough. Lord, we just release that right now in Jesus' name, that there would be fresh breakthrough, fresh anointing. Father, we thank you for opening hearts, that all darkness would be gone, and that you would open open ears 
to your voice. Father, I thank you that these that are up here are enough, that you are calling them enough, that you are releasing a breakthrough in Tanya right now in Jesus' name, that she is an overcomer in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for releasing breakthrough in every heart. God, that you would just do your thing. Father, that people would be able to hear your voice for the first time. Father, I pray that you would stir up the gifts that are inside of them, that their spirits would come awake, that their spirits would come awake to your voice, that there would be boldness rising up in them, that there would just be a fresh breakthrough in their minds. Lord, that you have given them the mind of Christ. Lord, thank you. Thank you just for a fresh touch of your spirit. Lord, we thank you for moving this morning. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, fresh breakthrough in homes, in hearts, in minds, Father. I just release that right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for reminding them of who you've said they are. What does heaven say? What does heaven say? What does heaven say? Lord, release the breakthrough. Release the breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for just a fresh wind, a fresh breath. In Jesus' name, we just declare breakthrough. We declare breakthrough in every heart. The ability to have a steadfast heart and choose to follow. Choose to follow. Lord, remind us who we are and what heaven says. I wrote these random things down. You guys stay like that. You were made for success. You were made to be fruitful. You were designed to bear fruit. You were made to be in relationships with people that are healthy Do you realize you were made for glory, to be an agent of healing, to be a carrier of God's presence, that you were made for victory in every battle that you face, that you were made to walk through life with great joy and in freedom? Do you realize that you are greatly loved, that you are a son or a daughter of God, that you are seated in heavenly places? That the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Do you realize that you were fearfully and wonderfully made? That God's word says that you were a, a masterpiece designed by him. Made by God himself and designed for good works for the kingdom. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. You do not live in defeat. You do not live in depression. You do not live under a cloud. You do not have to live in poverty. The Lord has called you so many things in his word already. That's all I'm saying. All these are just straight out of his word. Just declaring over you. This is who you are. Get in touch with what heaven is saying. Man, if, you don't, if you're like, I don't even know how to hear God, find somebody and say, hey, what does God say about me? Because every believer can hear the voice of God for someone else. Thank you, Jesus. Be encouraging to one another. 
go and be full of love. Let us kindle the fire. Let us set our sights on heaven. Let's put to death the earthly stuff that's lurking around in us. Let's get to know Jesus and let him change us day by day. Let's forgive people. Let's love deep, deeply. And let's be the most thankful people on the planet. Amen? Amen. All right. Go and do it. Sign up for four by fours. You should be in one.